How are you now? How are you now? Uh, hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Bottom 6 Minutes podcast presented by Habs Eyes on the Prize. I am Matt Drake and this is the end. This is the final episode. The last one. Didn't think we were going to get this far, but uh, we did. And uh, I got to admit, I'm, I'm pretty crushed right now. Uh, seeing them get this deep, seeing them get to a cup final, and just losing one nothing uh, in the elimination game, of course, not even being able to generate one goal, it's, uh, it's disappointing. It's really disappointing. I don't think I really need to get into uh, recapping the game too much. I mean, I think everybody probably saw what happened, right? Habs come out, you know, Tampa kind of takes over the first period. They clearly wanted to win it on home ice. And Carey Price is stopping everything. He's stopping everything. He's playing fantastic. You think after that first period, you go into the second period where um, it was a weakness for the Habs in every other series. But in this series against the Lightning, they seem to do better in the second period. It's like the Lightning have a bigger problem with the long change than the Habs do. I mean, I didn't think... I was going to see that every, I think at least on maybe 30 to 50% of the episodes of this podcast, I've complained about how the Habs have played in the second period. Uh, It's been a problem for them all series long, all playoffs long, not this particular series, but the, you know, the global series, whatever, the Serie en français, c'est comme ça qu'on dit playoffs, so, um, oh man. Of course, a second period lightning goal is the only goal scored somehow. And it came off of a board battle. Like, there was a board battle. There was four or five guys over there. If one Habs player gets his stick on it or gets his foot on it at the right time, that puck's going the other way. And uh, who knows? Maybe it's 0-0 at the end of regulation. Maybe they go to overtime. We know what these Habs have done in overtime all through the course of these playoffs. Settle down, Gizmo. Christ. My cat, once again, just trying to ruin the podcast. Apparently she hates this. Well, Gizmo, it's the last episode, so you'll never have to hear it again. Crushed. Just crushed. Um, back to the game. Yeah, so they get, Tampa gets the goal off of the board battle, you know, direct pass out front, guy has never scored, a, I don't think he ever scored a playoff goal in his entire career, I think that was his first playoff goal, and he scored the Stanley Cup winner, good for him, uh, probably a great story, one he can tell his grandkids and his grandkids' grandkids, assuming that they come up with some kind of way for everybody to live until they're 175 or something, I don't know. But anyways, I don't want to sit here and just be all doom and gloom. Just lament the fact that the Habs didn't win. I I think the best thing that we can all do at this point is take a look at the positives. There's a lot of them. I know that's hard to believe maybe for some people at this point. You know, we, we all wanted the cup. But there's a lot of positives that we can take from this. The Habs, for starters, got further than anybody gave them credit for being able to do. I mean, 
Nobody picked them to beat the Leafs. And they went down 3-1. Crawled their way back into it and did it. Nobody picked them to beat the Jets. And they swept them. Mopped the floor with them. Less than nobody picked them to beat the Vegas Golden Knights. Everybody said they were super overmatched in that series. Almost to the same degree that they said it about the Lightning. And the Golden Knights weren't $18 million over the cap. But they were considered to be viable Stanley Cup contenders. And heirs apparent to the Tampa Bay Lightning throne as Stanley Cup champions. They were considered the team that could have given them real trouble. That could have beat them. And the Habs basically mopped the floor with them too. Beat them in six. I mean, what more... Could you have asked from that team? I know that's a stupid question because obviously, you know, we all know what more we could have asked for. We could have asked for the cup. But realistically, what more would you have expected from that team? Like, should they have just rolled over in the first round? Would that have made any of us feel better? Would that have given Cole Caulfield the playoff experience that he deserves? Nick Suzuki, Yesperi Kakanyemi? Would that have given Carey Price an opportunity to take a run at something that, you know, in his guaranteed Hall of Fame career, he deserves to have? Would that have given Shea Weber an opportunity to go after something in his probable Hall of Fame career he deserves to have? I mean, when you look at the overall run, the fact that they got that far and nobody was betting on them to get that far, it is a clear win. That they made it. You know? It's a clear win. And if you don't agree with that, then basically what you're saying is they should have just gave up when they were down 3-1 against the Leafs. Screw it. Don't take your shot. You go down 3-1 in the first round, you might as well just pack it in. At that point, you know, if that's what you think, then I guess maybe when you go down 3-1 or when you go down 3 nothing in a series, maybe you should just forfeit. Maybe that should be an option. You know, if it's not worth it, then just forfeit. I mean, why bother playing the games? If if getting that far in the playoffs isn't a positive, then why bother? Right? I don't know. I take it as a positive. I take it as an absolute, undeniable positive that this team got that far. There's a few reasons why. Number one... Carey Price still has gas left in that tank. Carey Price still has a few good years in him. Look at Marc-André Fleury out in Vegas. You know, he's almost 40. He's pushing 40 a lot sooner than Carey Price is. And he's still giving them good seasons. He's still giving them good enough goaltending to get to the semifinals. Right? Carey Price. A lot of people saying, oh, he's over the hill. His best years are behind him. Maybe not. We saw it. I mean... There, there was definitely games where he didn't look uh, 100% himself, but the overall body of work in those playoffs was fantastic. He still has gas left in that tank, especially when the team is able to play well enough defensively and not uh, you know, hamper themselves with ridiculous giveaways. He is capable of stealing games for them. He almost stole one in Game 5. I mean, after that first period, it should have been, 
I don't know, probably 2 3 nothing for the Lightning. And it wasn't. It was 0-0. He had a minute. All they needed was some run support, but they just couldn't get it. I mean, that's a huge positive to see him play like that. It's like you know before this contract is over, as much as people are going to continue complaining that he's overpaid, because it is a big contract for a goaltender, but you know he wants to win a cup before that contract's over, and he's still got enough game left in him to do it. He showed that, so it's a huge positive. And what else? Who were the two best players for the Montreal Canadiens up front in those playoffs? I would argue Nick Suzuki and Tyler Toffoli. They were the two top scorers. However, I think you need to slide Cole Caulfield in there as well. He was maybe even better than Toffoli. And he's way younger. He's not even in his rookie season. Next season is Cole Caulfield's rookie season. And he scored 10 points in 22 playoff games. No, he didn't play 22 playoff games. He didn't play against the Leafs the first bit. So he basically had a half a point per game pace from a guy who two months ago was playing for the Wisconsin Badgers. I mean, ridiculous. He's eligible for the Calder next season. And he might win it. Because that kid looks unbelievable. Playing alongside Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki, unbelievable. Leads the team in points through the playoffs. He's 21. I mean, yes, Barry Kakanyemi. They benched him at the tail end of the Tampa series, but big-time performer. Scored as many goals in the playoffs as he did in the regular season in far less games. He gets up for the big games. All of these guys are the core that is supposed to represent the future of this team. And they helped drag this team to a cup final that nobody thought they could possibly get to. When you consider that, I mean, how can you not believe that with a, a couple of adjustments, a, a halfway decent offseason, they could legitimately get back as early as next year into that same position? They could. It's. I don't want to sit here and just be the eternal optimist or anything. I, I'm probably going to take flack just for saying it, but they could legitimately get back into this exact same position next season. Price isn't going to be that much older. But I tell you, who's going to have a little bit more experience is those same young players that dragged them here in the first place. Probably love to see Corey Perry back, but... You know, they're going to have to look somewhere else for veteran presence because I don't think he's taking league minimum again after what he did. Um, I wouldn't if I was him. I hope he does. I'd like to see him back. Tyler Toffoli, I already brought him up. Guy's signed for the next three seasons after this on a bargain deal. He was on an over 40 goal season pace in a regular 82 game season. What he did in the in the COVID shortened season. What what happens with him next year? Right, I mean, that contract is a stroke of brilliance by Bergevin. Josh Anderson, 
Josh Anderson. Um, he, he turned it on at the end there when he got put on that Suzuki and Caulfield line. Maybe they try that out on a longer basis next year and see what it does. Maybe it works. Maybe it works long term. And it turns into... Because Josh Anderson's also signed long term. Maybe it turns into an absolute monster for these Montreal Canadiens. I mean, Alexander Romanov didn't play for a large part of the playoffs. Gets in against the Lightning. Looks great. Physical. Dangerous. Scores his first ever playoff goal. This team is better than anyone gave them credit for right now. And they still have an entire offseason to take stock, take a look at what they could do better, try to add some bodies. You're going to lose somebody in the expansion draft. We don't know who. But you got plenty of draft picks that you can throw at Seattle to try and get them to take somebody that helps you, that frees up a little bit of cap space for you to go out and get one of those other bodies that you need to compete. Because you already can compete. The only thing you need to do is figure out how to get over that hump. And right now, that hump is a team that's $18 million over the cap in the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now, I had to bring that up because I want to, because I want everybody to calm down on the talk about them being $18 million over the cap. Let's be real. Tampa Bay was one of the teams that had petitioned to close that loophole to stop things like this from happening. So it's ironic that all the other teams didn't want to close that loophole and it ends up being them who take advantage of it. Kudos to them. They use the CBA to their advantage. They're not going to be able to do this same thing next year. They did what they had to do to go after uh, uh, back-to-back cups, which are elusive, almost impossible. They did it. Next year, they're going to feel it. They're going to have to figure out how to become compliant. They're probably going to have to throw a bunch of draft picks at Seattle to take somebody that Seattle doesn't want. I don't know. All I'm trying to say is the Habs have an offseason here where they can take a look at what they've got and what they need and try to get themselves back in this position next year. And next time, win it. I believe that they can. I believed that they could do it this time. But it didn't happen. I'll tell you what, though. If they do get back into this position next year, at least they know what it feels like not to win. Maybe they can parlay that into a few more goals in elimination games, you know? Ah, It sucks. (coughs) But... Honestly, there's more positives than there is negatives to this. There is. And uh, even if you're not ready to admit it, you know, take yourself a few days, a few weeks if you need them, a few months if you really need them. And then take a look back at this run and tell me honestly if these memories aren't worth something, if this experience isn't worth something, if this team isn't better than anybody gave them credit for. Because they are. You have to believe that, you know what, they can get back to this point and that next time they'll be a little bit more ready. Maybe they won't. <laughs> Maybe they won't get shut out in an elimination game like that. I don't think they will. 
I think I think this team is ready to compete. I think they're ready to have their cup window open. Couple adjustments in the offseason, and we'll see. Thank you so much to everybody who has supported to and listened to this podcast uh, since the beginning of the playoffs. This was an idea that I came up with and like threw it into our chat in the OTP. And, um, you know, people thought it was a good idea, so I, I ran with it. And uh, the response has been overwhelming. Like, not overwhelming. It's not crazy. I'm not famous or anything, but um, it's it's been great. Uh, I've received a lot of emails, a lot of DMs, a lot of tweets uh, about the podcast. I appreciate all of you. Um, even if I don't answer you, you know, it's it's not me trying to be a big shot. I'm just literally, I got three kids. Uh, so the fact that I even find time to do this is amazing enough to me. Um, I appreciate all of you for listening to this. You know, I can't tell you how much it means to me that uh, people actually cared enough to tune in and listen to what I have to say. Um, that it, it, it means a lot. I hope that this little ray of positivity that I'm trying to give in terms of the future of this club helps you through the off season and the good news is it's going to be a short off season. They're going to be right back in it in October. So, we got a couple months off. We'll see what the Habs do and um honestly, there's hope they could get back here. And we could find out, you know, can this team get over that hump? The good news is the hump used to be making the playoffs. And now it seems like the hump is winning the Stanley Cup. So, uh, just that little change in outlook right there. Big change in outlook, really, is is unbelievable. Thanks again for listening. I, uh, I honestly appreciate every single one of you. Um, I don't know if we're going to do this next year or not, but uh, we'll find out. Uh, if not, you know, it's been real. I appreciate everybody one more time. Tonight's episode, we're running uh, close to 20 minutes, so uh, soirée énorme pour les employés de soutien. Uh, again, much appreciated. Thank you for listening. We're on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, Megaphone. I'm on Twitter, at DrakeMT. Uh, let me know what you think. Do you think the Habs can get back here next year? And if so, can they win it? Either way, I'll be here. Waiting to find out. On that note, have a great off season, and as always, à la prochaine.